think it's just reaching. I mean, LinkedIn has been the biggest source for me. I mean, you and I do yeah. communicate through LinkedIn. Right. Uh, but just messaging people that maybe you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm so intimidated. Like they would never talk to me. Right. Just message them. You have no, you never know. There was actually, um, he is, they, BuzzFeed has an office here in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one of the guys who is like, runs that studio, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, it'd be super cool to talk to him and maybe he'd sponsor one of my events I have. Yeah. So I just emailed him on, or messaged him on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and was like, there's no way he's going to respond to this. And he was like, yeah, let's grab coffee. We can chat. And yeah. he's been amazing. And yeah. every once in a while we'll connect again. And you just, you never know the connections you're going to make. And he has a whole crazy story about how he got into that, that you get to learn about and it just brings you closer and makes you better. There are so many things I can't control, but the things that I can. The Dick Polipnik Show. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Online Growth Systems Show. We have here today a very special guest, Missy Young. She is the Chief Social Media Officer at Hubbard Interactive. Um, hi, hi guys, what's up? <laughs> so actually, Missy here has actually won a couple of awards around here in the Twin Cities. She's uh, 30 under... 32 under 32. 32 under 32. Yeah. And tell me about the other awards that you've won. Um, so the 32 under 32 one is for the top 32 individuals in marketing in the Minnesota area. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also won an award two years ago for uh, the... It's the top interactive seller for its Radio Wayne Award. Sure. Awesome. Really cool in the country. Awesome. So yeah. describe interactive seller. Yeah, so (laughs) being in that I come from um, a radio industry and I'm in the marketing side of things, the categories are a little bit uh, different. So interactive seller, I'm more on the strategic marketing side, Mm -hmm. but the category was interactive seller because I do a lot of selling for new businesses. Sure, okay, cool. So if you're watching this episode and you're wondering if this is one that you should watch, Missy is probably one of the leaders here in the Twin Cities area, if not the Midwest on social media marketing. She's led, uh, she's built a team from being just herself here at Hubbard up to 10 people. She's now leading a team of 10 that works for companies from Think Great, which has been another guest on the podcast, all the way to companies that are Fortune 500s even, right? So uh, she's gonna teach you number one, how you can implement social media marketing in your business, whether you're on a low budget or you wanna work with a company like uh, Hubbard or online growth systems to kind of build your business, build your online presence. And then we're going to dive into a little bit about Missy's history of how she got to where she is, winning 32 under 32, and uh, being a real influencer here in the community. She's running events, she's doing speaking gigs, uh, she's a huge influence here. So I just want to say welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so. so much. I'm so excited. Awesome. Let's dive into your background. Let's like rewind it. Like earliest childhood memory of like doing marketing. <laughs> Are you doing flyers for Girl Scouts? Or you tell me. <laughs> Um, so it's so funny you bring this up. Um, when I was little, I remember making my mom teach me how to use like Word and Excel. Yeah. Um, and I was probably like, gosh, like nine or 10 years old. And I would like make flyers and yeah, just like that, just yeah. all of these things. And people, I'd like go play with my friends or like my cousins or my sister. And I would always take it to that next level where I'm like, oh, let's play business or, <laughs> or school. And I would have like printed out like projects like that I do little designs on. Mm-hmm. You remember like word art from, oh, yeah. from that. So just, I would always add a little, just that little extra that did probably need to be there at the age of, you know, nine, 10, 11. Um, but I wanted it and it was, I thought that was so much fun. That's awesome. Um, and I ma- remember having my mom actually teach me a little bit of Excel, which definitely don't know that as well as I used to. Um, but it just, yeah, that's kind of how I got started in 
just found my career path from there. That's cool. So yeah. did you do any marketing for like clubs in high school or college or like kind of tell us the progression of how you got here? So in high school, I grew up in a really small town, mm-hmm. um, Goodyear, Minnesota, if anyone, anyone's heard of it, it's by Red Wing. Okay. And I graduated with, I think it was 38 people in my graduating class. Well, how did you know everyone's name? There's no way. Yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> um, so really tiny town. It was great for, you know, I was super shy growing up. So again, that that definitely helped with that, not having so many people around all the time. But it was, we didn't have a lot of like marketing and classes that I was, I could get excited about. Mm-hmm. So I really found love in art. So I spent all my time in the art room. I was like the art assistant for a while there. Mm-hmm. And from there, I was like, I wanna go to college for art. Like that's gonna be my thing. Yeah. And you get to college, you're like, can I make money off of this? Like, you know, I love like doing pottery and drawing, but is this really a career? Right. And so I was like, all right, like I love the business side of things too. So like when I went to college, I enrolled at UW River Falls and I was going for, uh, for business. Mm-hmm. And my first day in class, I was in an accounting class and I was like, I fucking hate this. Like yeah, I, yeah. math, I hated it. Oh, it was horrible. And I'm like, this is not for me. Like, yeah. maybe I need to go back to art. Like, this is not <laughs> this is not what I need. And I remember going to talk to my advisor at River Falls, and she was, I don't, just a saint. Like, mm-hmm. she was perfect timing. And she's like, I noticed that on your accounting notebook in front of me, because I was like, went to her in a panic. Like, I hate this. I don't want to do business. I hate this. And I had, like, drawn all over it. And she's like, you know, it sounds like you like the business side of things, but you're more on the design. Maybe you should be in marketing. And I was like, marketing? Like, what do you, like, I'd never even thought of that. Yeah. So I enrolled in the marketing communications program with an art minor and fell in love. And I've done that for the past 10 years of my career. That's awesome. Yeah. So t- what was your first job out of college that you kind of established yourself? So I was definitely an overachiever in college. I probably had like four or five different internships. Nice. And so from those internships, I discovered a love for social media. Mm-hmm. And I was doing a little bit of dabbling with that, you know, creating specific flyers and websites and stuff and social media. And so my first job out of college, I got as a social media strategist mm-hmm. for a boutique agency called Del Monte in Minnetonka. And there I did, um, I had a plumbing company as a client. Nice. Um, I had the BBB as a client. And so I did a few things with them. And then I also had Marriott, which was my most favorite account, um, doing just small graphics. And it was so funny because thinking back on social media, this was probably nine years ago. You know, you didn't do Facebook advertising. You didn't have to. Mm -hmm. We were doing these like light comic contests and stuff like that. Um, So just a totally different different world back then. So your favorite client might have been the hotel. I think Mm -hmm. mine would have been plumber because I could have got real creative real fast about like maybe you can ship no yeah <laughs> give us a call yes <laughs> yes I'm sure they would have loved that but right. um but yeah it was it was a fun it was a fun gig and it it brought me to um I was there for about nine months and wanted to kind of mix things up go to a little bit of a bigger organization yeah. and found Hubbard Broadcasting so how did so obviously if you were the number one hire like the first hire mm-hmm. at Hubbard yeah were they like kind of conceptualizing the idea or they were like we're starting this social media agency we need to find a hustler to like get in here and like lead the charge like where were they at when they brought you in yeah great question so with um coming to hubbard they knew that there was a need they had a lot of their radio clients um so a little bit about hubbard for people who don't know hubbard broadcasting is located here in this office um in st paul their headquarters but we have offices all over the country and their bread and butter they've been around since 1923 is radio and tv and so 
they have markets in, you know, we have offices in Chicago, DC, Cincinnati, um, Phoenix. We just purchased a bunch in Florida a couple weeks ago. And so with that, they had so many of the radio and TV clients asking how, you know, we're doing this big radio campaign and I'm driving track to my website. Can you help us with our Facebook page? Yeah. Or maybe we want to do this cool campaign on this. We're driving traffic from radio. How do you, could you help us implement more of that? Mm-hmm. And at the time, I think Harvard was probably like, no, that's not our thing. Right. But with the more and more need for it, we were like, yeah, they they were you know savvy enough to know like we need to integrate this into everything we're doing. Mm-hmm. And so that started the digital team. And it started with, let's start with social media and grow from there. So when I first started, they had three accounts for social media that I had taken over. Um, one was a restaurant, one was a B2B printing company, and one was a dentist. Right. And so from there and over the past be seven years in April I've been here um, we now have oh gosh probably 50 plus clients that's awesome and clients like think great Eric Thurwanger um, I'm drinking out of my Hazelden mug because Hazelden is one of our clients yeah. um, so all old Dutch foods is a client of ours so big and small we um, help cater to now that's awesome okay so you being working for Hubbard, which is an umbrella company, like you said, it owns TV corporations, radio, and yeah. they spun off and branched off the social media piece to do the digital needs. Yes. I think that's really important to notice, and I think we should talk about that a bit. Yeah. Because there's industries that are like dying right now, like the taxi industry, because you know Uber and Lyft has disrupted that, mm-hmm. and there's like even like back in the day, railroads started to shut down because highways and interstates were invented, and semi trucks were much more affordable and they were faster, and you could be more specific about where you wanted them to go. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really important to notice that Hubbard actually was conscious of like there's a need here, number one for our clients. Yeah. There is room for disruption, and we're the ones that might get disrupted. So we might as well do it ourselves. So that way we can still be relevant five, ten, hundred years from now. Mm -hmm. So I want to get your kind of your opinion on that. Do you think radio and TV are on their way out? Mm -hmm. Do you think that social media is maybe social media is already on its way out, and things like podcasting and you know Alexa skills are taking over? I want to get your thoughts on kind of where the industry is at. Yeah, that's a great um, question as well. So a big thing with that is what Hubbard's great about and why I love why I've been here for seven years yeah. is um, they are constantly innovating. So they realize like, I, I would say like our backbone is the upward communication company. Mm-hmm. So whether that communication is coming from TV, from radio, from digital, from podcasting, we are amazing at telling stories, whether that is through any type of whether it's voice or visual um, or design, we do a ton of that as well. Mm-hmm. And so that's always going to be a backbone. We just need to maneuver what channels it's going to come from. Right. So uh, we also Hubbard recently purchased, not recently, it's probably been about a year now, Pod, Pod, Podcast One, which is based out of LA. Mm-hmm. And so we have a huge podcast initiative that we do as well. Mm-hmm. And then we also have three radio stations here in this market. We have K75, MyTalk 107, and 1500 ESPN. Mm-hmm. We recently, about two weeks ago, we flipped 1500 ESPN to Score North and is now not a, really um, the radio side of things. It's completely a podcasting initiative. Oh, wow. You guys completely made the one. We completely flipped. Yeah. And I wasn't part of that initiative. That was another part of the team. Mm-hmm. But it has been amazing to see, like, they realize that the world is changing and they're switching it as they need to, which yeah. is really cool. And I think that's really important to know because I've read a lot of books and talked to a lot of people recently. We've even had a couple of book reviews on the show yeah. of 
what's the industry you're actually in? Who are your actual customers? And what's the problem you're solving? Mm -hmm. So you're not in the radio business. Yeah. Like you said, you're in the storytelling business. Mm -hmm. And storytelling might change from old printing press newspapers to uh, radio to TV to social media to podcasting, right? Mm -hmm. So you're you're the job that you're trying to accomplish. I, I don't know if you've ever heard of jobs theory, but we've got a couple of videos on that. No, I haven't. Uh, that sounds interesting. It's super interesting. It's like what is the job to be done, and then how can I best solve that job? Because it's from the perspective of like the consumer is hiring services or companies to to almost like for a position job, right? Mm -hmm. If they're a, like a social media agency, they're saying, hey, we don't have a full-time budget or the expertise to hire on three people or a full-time person for our social media team. We're just a small dentistry, but we have enough budget to hire an agency to kind of fill that void for us, mm -hmm. right? So they're hiring you to fill the job of doing their storytelling and getting people in the door, right? So it's, okay. it's, it's customer uh, attraction and that customer journey. And exactly. So where do you where do you think is it going next? You think <laughs> I, I want to hear your futurism predictions? Yes. Here. Oh, this is so funny because I um, so I have a podcast called the Social Feed, and I always at the my last question I always ask is where do you see your industry going five years from now? Sure. But I've never been wanted to ask that question myself. <laughs> like oh god no because yeah. it's so intimidating yeah. because you have no clue and it's so what's interesting about it is it's so dependent on with my job the social networks. Mm -hmm. Like Facebook, Zuckerberg could be like, mm, you know, I'm just not feeling it. I'm going to sell this to someone else and they could completely change it on you. Right. So you're really at the mercy of these channels where, you know, with having a radio station or a newspaper or whatever else, mm -hmm. you can control it. Mm -hmm. So I think the biggest thing is to kind of answer your question out of both sides of my mouth. Um, one is to be adaptable. So whatever comes, we can we can figure it out. Mm -hmm. And then, oh gosh, to see to see where it's going. Um, like if I had to record like a ten second clip here, where you look <laughs> like dead into the eyes wall. of the camera, and then five years from now I'll play it, and yeah. it'll either be super wrong or super right. <laughs> Which one do you wanna? And either way, it'll be interesting. Yeah. So gosh. I want you to like with one hundred percent confidence. <laughs> like, hmm, what do yep. you think? Yeah. <laughs> I think like in the social media world, I think we're gonna see a lot more with, and this is. A small segment of it but specifically with influencers mm -hmm. I think we're gonna see a lot of that more of like the micro influencers which we're starting to see already a little bit mm -hmm. but you have these like huge influencers like the Kim K's of the world and you know that have like a million plus fans mm -hmm. and talking and just personally with users and talking with businesses it's so expensive to use that mm -hmm. and so going back to like those smaller influencers that really affect little niches of their community, I think more niche marketing is going to pop up sure. more than just blanket marketing. Sure. And I think that's starting to happen now, but I think we'll see more of that. Not sure how that'll look, but that's kind of what I'm expecting for in the future. Awesome. Does that kind of answer your question? Yeah, totally. I like <laughs> A that little vague so I can like spin it if I need to later. Sure. Yeah. Well, here, I'm going to have you spin it right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to actually pretend that we'll use one of the examples we were talking about already as a dentist. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm a dentist. How can I utilize micro-influencers to grow my business? Yeah, so I would definitely say, and Dentist is perfect actually, because social media, Instagram smiles, mm -hmm. you gotta have it. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely say finding those influencers that live in the neighborhoods that your dentist is located. Mm -hmm. So if you're a one-stop shop, making sure that they're specific to that area, not mm -hmm. someone who is just one huge influencer in the market. Right. 
because people because their followers in Europe aren't going to matter exactly yeah. like you want to make sure and a big thing too is to always look at engagement rates for influencers because mm -hmm. I think a lot of people get blindsided by it, is they're like well this person has 10,000 followers mm -hmm. but it's like well yeah but their posts get you know 30 or 50 likes on yeah, them so that's subbots or something exactly yeah. you have no clue or their audience just doesn't care what they're posting about maybe right so I think really looking at that is important and making sure that the people who follow them are in that geographic area that you're trying to target as well mm -hmm. so I definitely would say um, those more niche influencers are going to be really beneficial for that so following hashtags like maybe let's say you're in Invergrowth um, so I think seeing that what's going on around that area, seeing that there's an influencer that lives in that area mm -hmm. and is, spends time in that area and knows that space is really going to help lift your brand. It's going to be a lot more work for marketers to find those people mm -hmm. because Instagram isn't this, you know, you can search certain things, but it's not like I can just pull the profiles and when they list them. So I think that's going to be something to have to really dig into more in the future. Sure. So you keep mentioning Instagram. Is that your favorite social media? I personally love Instagram. Okay. Yeah, and that's where I spend the most of my time. Okay. Personally or on the business side, that's where you do the most marketing? Personally, I spend most of my time on Instagram. Okay. Which platform do you spend the most marketing time on? Facebook. Okay. <laughs> All the old people. Yeah. <laughs> um, Facebook is by far, I would say for businesses, the most effective marketing platform um, from what I've seen for direct ROI, mm -hmm. specifically because of the advertising capabilities. And as you know, Facebook owns Instagram, so any ads you place on Facebook, you can also do on Instagram. But I've noticed that there's a lot more traction when it comes to the ads that when you can look in your analytics and see placed on Facebook. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that will shift. That's something maybe in the future that it'll shift more towards Instagram. Um, Snapchat, not seen a ton of ROI from. Uh, and then I think YouTube is something to be, YouTube's always been big, but I think over the next few years, that's something to really be watching as well. Sure. So what do you recommend for companies who are seeing a lot of competition for their niche? Let's mm -hmm. say that like, maybe especially like Google kind of things, it's like very big based, right? Yeah. So you're trying to do a, an ad on YouTube and mm -hmm. there's just like people left and right that are going after the same exact client as you, is there a more guerrilla marketing tactic that they can utilize mm -hmm. on social media? Yeah, that's a great question. So I would go back to potentially, you know, influencers um, mm -hmm. could be a great way because that's someone just endorsing you yeah. versus just running an ad. Mm -hmm. um, and I also would say a big thing that you want to make sure you have right is you could have the most perfect targeting. Like mm -hmm. I'm hitting you and I'm in your neighborhood mm -hmm. and it's, but if the ad sucks, people aren't going to react to it. And that's a big thing that people think about. They get so focused on like, wow, I can target people who are in like a one mile radius of my business that are, you know, this age range and like to go to these places nearby. It's like, who cares? Like if the creative sucks, they're not gonna interact with it. Yeah. So really, that's something I think people don't think about enough is the creative side. So if, if you have a good personality and you can, you know, want to be part of that ad, if you're the owner of the business, I love that. If you know you aren't going to be good on camera or being featured in the ads, don't put that stress on yourself. Find someone in your organization that, that can do that. Okay, I like that. So let's dive back. Let's go back to the topic of your 32 under 32. Yeah. So what were the like the kind of checklist of like the perfect person they were looking for that helped you <laughs> on that list? And how did you get yeah. those? Um, that's a, I don't really know to be honest with you. <laughs> um, 
So what, how the 32 under 32 works, it's part of the Advertising Federation of Minnesota, mm -hmm. and each year they award 32 people in the Twin Cities who are under the age of 32, who are like up-and-comers in the advertising industry. Mm -hmm. And so someone has to nominate you, and I think it might, I'm trying to remember who nominated me, I think I had a couple people that might have done it, mm -hmm. um, and then they have a panel of judges who are, you know, just big advertising people in the industry that vote based on the nomination and they also probably do a ton of creeping on I'm assuming LinkedIn yeah. and you know things like yeah. that and then they vote and I'm not quite sure the qualifications that they follow for that but I was lucky enough to be awarded and I was awesome. I was so so excited about that well congratulations yeah, that's great thank you so if you had to like guess what was one thing that you did that probably helped you get that nomination yeah. and then helped you actually pass the nomination and be awarded. Mm -hmm. What do you think it was? Was it posting on LinkedIn? Was it having your podcast? Was it just the interaction with your clients? Like, mm -hmm. what do you think? I think it was a mixture of a few different things. Uh, a When I, and again, this is me just interpreting, yeah. but like, when especially because like I have a team of 10 now that I lead for social media, when I'm looking at you know, resumes and people that I want to hire, I really look at the people who are doing multiple things mm -hmm. and not just one thing. So, you know, it's like I obviously work at my position here, leading the team, but then, yeah, I also have a social feed podcast on the side mm -hmm. that I talk with business owners about their social media needs and how they built their brands through Instagram or Facebook or whatever it right. may be. Um, I also love to volunteer, so I am I volunteer at the Crisis Nursery Center here mm -hmm. um, in the Twin Cities, and I help with their art program because I'm an art kid at heart, always will be. Yeah. And uh, I'm on the board for AdFed, which is great. I have put help put on one of their biggest oh, shows of the year. So you were able to like slip some hundred dollar bills. Yeah, on yeah that's the table, exactly like... what I did. <laughs> yeah. No different sections, but that probably did help a little bit. Sure. You know? uh, but so I helped put on one of their biggest shows of the year called The Show. Mm -hmm. And it's a huge, I'm kind of think of it like the um, Grammys. the greatest show? The greatest show. The greatest show. Is human Hugh Jackman, does he show up? Uh, <laughs> we, we will try to get him this year. Oh, nice, 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 okay. But he, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great event, and we usually have about 1,200 people from the advertising industry come, and we award the best in show. So whoever did the best advertising that year, and then those people move on to regionals and then nationals. Oh, very cool. And it's a really fun event to put on, so we get to get really creative with that. Awesome. So let's dive into advice that you have for listeners. We have listeners from solo entrepreneurs to freelancers all the way up to people who are executives at Fortune 500 companies. Mm -hmm. So if you could kind of give like one piece of advice to the hustler, the yeah. freelancer, what would you give those people? I would say the biggest thing that's personally benefited me is networking. Mm -hmm. So just meeting people that know more than you Mm -hmm. and feeding off of that and truly taking advice to the heart because I think people have a hard time getting critiqued yeah and you can't get better unless someone tells you that we you know how to make it better mm -hmm. so I think just you know being open to meeting with people and grabbing that extra coffee even though you're like oh it's been a long day do I want to you know yeah. go do happy hour right now just do it because mm -hmm. that's going to get you that next level and I always try to hire people on my team that are smarter than me and know things I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I've learned so much from, I'm like a proud mom because I'm like the old lady on the team. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's just so cool to see like, and pick, cause there's just things that no one can know because everyone has a different story on how they got to where they are. Right. And so I think just taking that extra time to meet with people who, maybe they're not even in your industry. Maybe they do something completely different. You might find out something you didn't even know that you can add to your forte of things. Mm -hmm. Okay, very cool. 
So what is one piece of advice you can give to the Fortune 500 executive who says, you know, we really suck at marketing. <laughs> what do you recommend as like first couple oh. steps they take? Gosh, I would say find a partner that can do it, you know, and that you trust. Mm -hmm. um, there's a ton of amazing agencies. That's what I love about the Twin Cities is we have we have like a plethora of ad agencies out there mm -hmm. and they all have their niches and things that they specialize in. Mm -hmm. So I think find a partner that can really help you mm -hmm. and and kind of go from there. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest thing that's going to win when you're looking at those partners is who's going to come up with, yes, you want to make sure they can do the appropriate targeting, but those creative ideas. Because mm -hmm. it's all going to go back to what is gonna, what's that messaging that's going to captivate that audience. Mm -hmm. So so what just kind of give you a plug for your yeah. business so what is the thing that hubbard is like super good at like the kind of niche like oh, if you're this kind of <laughs> listener, yeah what's if like there's a listener right now that yeah. has a business that's in x category mm. i mean i'm totally biased because i lead the social media team right. but that's um because okay. we do everything from you know building websites and um we do an amazing biography team as well mm -hmm. but yeah i'm gonna obviously plug the social team uh sure. For what we do because it's it's been my baby um i mean like niche industry like oh industry oh like gosh what what kind of client is like you're really good at working with those kind of people oh gosh um we have so many different industries that we work in and what's really cool too is there are agencies out there that specialize in let's say automotive yep and we will never be that way because i think that you get so into one thing that you start to notice when you go on all the pages for those specific agencies that all the content looks the same. Yeah. And how are you going to make yourself stand out? Mm -hmm. So. Because they're running all their competitions. Exactly. Well, right? And so it's like, yeah, we work with like a food brand and we also work with a bunch of nonprofits and we work with automotive and there's things from the food brand clients. Like I might go on like a food styling shoot mm -hmm. and I'm like, that could be kind of a cool, weird concept something that we did there for our car dealership. Yeah. Or hey, we're working with this nonprofit, let's partner them with our car dealership and do this cool campaign idea. Mm -hmm. So we will never do just fully one industry. Um, I'll say one of my favorites is the food, just because, I mean, come on. Right, um, yeah. <laughs> Get the sample, you know, the photo <laughs> yeah. shoot, yeah. So I would say that um, we do have a lot of food clients and nonprofits that we have really just helped. And the nonprofits, again, are just really near and dear to our hearts at Hubbard. Hubbard has a really great, um, we do a lot of giving back. We have the Hubbard Foundation. Mm -hmm. And so we love to obviously help all those nonprofits as well. Awesome. Yeah. What is the biggest shit storm you've ever dealt with? <laughs> oh, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh gosh. What? Can I say it on camera? Um, just probably have, like you probably have dealt with this too. Have you ever like met with a client? And you put together like this amazing idea and they're like, yep, let's do it. And the client, you're just like, what did we get ourselves into? You yeah. know, it's just maybe, it's like, it's like maybe like you go on a first date and you're like, and then they end up turning like, you're like, how did, like, yeah. how did we get to here? Yeah. You're going to put that on your profile. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just, you, you discover things about, you know, it's not all relationships are you know <laughs> i'm trying to be politically correct it's okay um you know not all relationships are good relationships right and sometimes you meet, meet the client and you're like yeah this is kind of like the route we're gonna go and then it turns into like they wanted something totally different than what you were thinking of mm -hmm. and you're like okay like we obviously want to make sure that you get what you want but you know that's not really what we do or specialize in yeah. so we're gonna maybe say you know this probably isn't the best relationship okay so how how far into it did you realize 
Holy crap, this is going so fast. Um, probably about like a week or two. <laughs> okay. Well, at least it was early. Yes. At least it was early. Yes. I had some situations where you work with a client for a year. Okay. Oh, and God. you're like, yeah, like, here's the reason. Well, we are, we're constantly doing exactly. communication yes. piece. So it's like, how did you not know yep. this is what we're, here's yes. the documentation you signed on. Yep. You know? But yep. I totally feel what you're talking about. Yeah. So how, what do you think you could have done differently to either turn that situation around into a positive thing or go into it? just in a better situation? Oh, gosh. That's such, that's like a million dollar question because... Yeah, Did you lose a million dollars with it? <laughs> no, 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 not that much. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's so hard to know because when you're building that relationship with someone, and for it to be a year, it's like you just, you don't know until you know. Yeah. Um, and that's one, I think one thing that we've started to do more of is to just making sure that we meet face-to-face -face more frequently. Mm -hmm. I think over, like, Email communication can, can get misinterpreted a lot. Right. And so. Which is fascinating because we're in the yes. digital, that's our trade, is online things. Yes. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we do the digital things for you, but for our marketing, we like to sit down, have a mm -hmm. conversation face to face, which is like totally ironic, I yep. think, but I think yes. you're right on the mark. You're totally I, right. I agree. There just needs to be. And maybe that's something that just a lot of places, like, they just lack. They don't do that face to face communication anymore. And there's so much that to be said about, like, just meeting face to face and talking with someone and there's things you pick up like I might ask you a question and you might answer me but your mannerisms might be a little bit different than right. what I think right. so there's just body language that you can't tell and I think that's a big part that's missing so I think having more meetings leading up to something in person mm -hmm. so you can make sure that you're picking up the right vibes from that client as well I'm big on like vibes which sounds super like yeah, hippy no, dippy no, but there's just there's this like aura and these these things that you you can't tell just by an email right and right. can get misinterpreted too right and I think uh, if you're listening and you're like, well, I can't do that. I'm in the Bahamas right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. I'm a laptop lifestyler. Here's the solution. Zoom is a great tool yes. to kind of bridge that gap. Yeah. It's not as good as in person, but it's it's yes. much better than a cold email where you can't you can't hear like tonality. I think mm -hmm. I, I've read in several books it's like Wolf of Wall Street even talks about. It. He said his biggest skill set in selling someone yeah. is tonality yes. because. I think it was like 10% of communication is, are the words you're saying. And I think it was like 40% of communication is the tonality and the remainder is your body language. I totally, totally agree right. with that. So if you're on the phone, you can have the words you're saying and the tonality because in email, it's just the words you're saying. Yeah. If it's a Zoom call, it's all three, the words you're saying, the tonality and the body language a little bit because you can see that. Exactly. If you're in person though, you can pick up on those things much easier. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think video chat is a good solution for that problem. Yes, so. I and we do that a lot too. We'll do like, yeah, Zoom is perfect um, mm -hmm. for all of that. Sure. So what is, what is one gold nugget that you've kind of found throughout your career? Like, oh, this is kind of like a, I don't want to use the word social media hack, yeah. but something along those lines. Oh gosh, um, I would say just partnering with Having people surrounded, so like having people around you that know more than you. That's probably my biggest hack, and that's not even sure. really a hack. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, you can like you can read all these things online, and I like I love that you like have all these read all these books because I'm reading like all of these like marketing books right now. Um, one of them is called the um, Art of Negotiation. Oh sure. And how to like it's by these like FBI guys that actually they when they negotiate hostage. Chris Voss, I think. Yes, they yeah, negotiate hostage it. situations. And it's how you can negotiate, you know, salaries and when you're meeting with clients and things like that. And I think that the biggest thing is just being with people and having people around you and kind of like your core group that can help build you up. Mm -hmm. um, 
That doesn't really hack, though. No, no, I get it. <laughs> let's go down this rabbit hole a little bit. Yeah. So you think surrounding yourself with people that are better than you, smarter than you, will in turn make like kind of drag you up to their level, right? Absolutely. So Absolutely. how do you get around all of those people? I think it's just reaching. I mean, LinkedIn has been the biggest source for me. I mean, you and I do yeah. communicate through LinkedIn, right? Uh, but just messaging people that maybe you're like. Oh my gosh like I'm so intimidated like they would never talk to me right just message them you have no you never know there was actually um he is they, BuzzFeed has an office here in Minneapolis um and the one of the guys who is like runs that studio I was like oh my gosh it'd be super cool to talk to him and maybe he'd sponsor one of my events I have yeah so I just emailed him on, or messaged him on LinkedIn and was like there's no way he's gonna respond to this and he was like yeah let's grab coffee we can chat and yeah. He's been amazing, and yeah. every once in a while we'll connect again, and you just, you never know the connections you're gonna make, and he has a whole crazy story about how he got into that, that you get to learn about, and it just brings you closer and makes you better. That's awesome. Yeah. So what is one question that I should have asked you during this conversation, but I haven't? Ooh, oh, these are like such good questions. <laughs> um, usually I'm asking questions on the podcast, yeah. so I'm like being in the other seat, I'm like, this is so weird. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, I have to think of all the answers. Um, Probably, I would say maybe how, you kind of already asked me about how I got to the place I am now, but I think the biggest thing, oh, here's a good one, how to manage a young team. <laughs> yes, let's go for it. <laughs> let's talk about that because I can do the marketing side, I can learn from other people, like what I don't know, but being a leader, and I'm so happy to hear that you've had Eric um, the ringer on your podcast from the past from think great. I've been through his leadership seminars and I've read his books and he is like, he's like an inspiration to me totally. because it's so hard to, it's one thing to do, but it's, it's another thing to lead and leading a young team who has a different style structure than other people that I've worked with in the past, um, is refreshing and amazing, but difficult at times too, because it's a whole new generation that you are, you know, trying to nurture and grow and make sure everyone's happy. And that's, that's a really big challenge. And I feel like a lot of industries moving forward in the future are going to have that same challenge as well. Okay. So I feel like you kind of talked about the problem. Yeah. What's the solution? <laughs> What's the, solution? Yeah. Uh, the biggest thing is going back to communication. Sure. And I think over communication is the, is the number one thing. What kind of communication? Just talking about like if there's an issue or something happens or, you know, why did you do something that way or asking them like instead of thinking, oh, like we should do a team outing here, like asking them, do you want to do a team outing there? Like, is that even something you're interested in? Because people kind of have like, uh, what's, the, what's the word, like traditions where it's like, well, we always do this. It's like, but do right. we need to keep doing that? Like, is that even helping anything? Right. And to make sure that it has the same vibe as the culture that you're you're breathing in your group. So one thing we started here at Hubbard, um, something called the Hive. Yeah, we jokingly have it. It stands for Hubbard Interactive Viral Entertainment. Super nice. cheesy, but we have a couple of people on the team, and they are in charge each month of putting together a cool thing that we do at the Hive. So every once in a while, we have actually next Friday, we're going to volunteer um, at this organization that um, essentially for kids who haven't had a birthday before you throw them a birthday party because maybe their parents can't afford to do it. Okay. I was like, I want a birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Like a birthday party. So we are going to like put together this whole birthday. You bring decorations, the kids come in, they have cake and stuff. So we're going to do that. 
Um, and then also doing like other things like potlucks and just kind of cool elements yeah. with the team. A bunch of us did the, have you been to that axe throwing? Oh, I was just there like two weeks Were ago. Were you? Yeah. yeah, so the team did that one day. So just kind of making sure that we're keeping um, keeping the team bonding going, but also sure. doing things that we actually want to do. Awesome, that's yeah. pretty cool. So for a split second, I was like, children who haven't had a birthday. I know, I'm like, oh my gosh, that probably sounds, I'm going to explain that so wrong. <laughs> so my, my theory was, okay, they're confronting children that have were born in a leap year, <laughs> that are under the age of three, or in biological years. They're like, hey, we know that you don't have, we only have a birthday every four years. We're going to We're going to really yeah. celebrate this time. <laughs> what, next one, this is going to be it. I explained yeah. that so wrong, but yes, I'll have to look up the organization and send it to you, because that's. Okay. It's really cool, and the hype awesome. is so pretty awesome. Yeah. And of course, all the information that uh, this was talked about today will be in the show notes on onlinegrowthsystems.com slash show notes. You can see links to Missy's social media. You can go ahead and follow her there. What, what's one platform or medium that they should be following you on? LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So make sure you yeah. connect or follow you or connect with you. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Connect with Missy. Yes. So all we'll those I'll links. Accept. And uh, what's, what's one last kind of ask that you want from the audience today? Just like in general with life yeah. or with you know, No, with you. Me? Like what's one ask life? Make sure oh. you uh, <laughs> I was like trying to some like wise wisdom. <laughs> yeah. Read this book, watch this movie, uh, look up this person, follow me on this platform, something like that. Yeah, I would say um, follow me on or on, on Instagram. Follow me on LinkedIn. I post a lot of my business stuff, but if you wanna um, I'm like secretly like love snowboarding, not secretly, but on my personal stuff I post a lot about snowboarding. Sure. So if you follow me on Instagram, I'm Miss Shred Betty. And um, I follow a ton of like inspirational accounts that I get from more of the creative side of my brain. Mm -hmm. Or LinkedIn is more of my business side. So depending on what side you want to go to. And then also I run the accounts for Hubbard Interactive. So shameless plug, I'm going to follow them on Instagram obviously as well. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for being on the show, Missy. It was an absolute blast. Thank you so, so much. Awesome. I come from a town where most of the people are so close-minded. They go into school and they work in a job, but they don't even like it. I won't be put in a box. Nobody telling me what I should rock. Nobody telling me what I should drop. Cause I do what I want and just know I don't stop. Recording till four in the morning, they snoring. I'm pouring my soul into every story I'm writing, producing. I mix it, I master, I'm building my craft and I'm not looking back. I've been going, doing things I want to do when I want.